Amen. Thank you, platform workers. Thank you for your liberality this morning. If you got your Bibles, Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5 this morning. You know, the ocean makes up 70% of the, uh, of the planet Earth's surface. Well, only 5% has actually been explored. That's just amazing to me. There's so much that lays below us that we don't even know of, from uh, deep sea uh, creatures to hidden gems and sunken cities. The sea is full of constant surprises. Thankfully, divers have braved the open waters and, and have been able to discover so much uh, from endless treasures, abandoned ships, locomotives, and ancient ruins. You know, I was reading about some of the dangers that these deep water uh, divers face. You know, we hear about what they found, and I mean, I'm listening, I'm reading what they found. Locomotives, they have containers of old cars, containers of motorcycles, and and artifacts and and uh, that go all the way back to Roman days and they found a Roman city uh, under under the sea uh, but I was reading about some of their dangers and I wrote down a few hypothermia is one entanglement two entrapment three getting lost uh, uh, mel, mel, uh, uh, their, their equipment not working right dangerous marine life drowning and depression or sickness and it went on and on and yet over a million new deep sea uh, drivers get or divers get certified each year so there's risks there there's danger there uh, but uh, they're saying but uh, I mean all these people every year uh, say I want to be certified over a million a year say listen uh, I want to do that I want to be a part of that I want to see what lies under uh, the water, what is there? I want to find the treasure. I want to be a part of this. And so the danger and all that is not keeping people away, but they're actually running to it. I want to be a part of that. The excitement is there. The thrill is there. And I want to be a part of that. Our text is the call to go deep here. Jesus tells Peter the catch is in the deep water. Uh, it, uh, you know, the risk is worth it. And we're going to see later, let's read our text, uh, amen, Luke chapter 5, we start at verse 1. I want to preach a sermon called Going Deep. It says, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw, the waters, he saw at the water's edge two boats uh, let their, uh, uh, left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets, verse 3, he got into one of the boats, uh, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to push out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, push out into, or uh, put out into the deep, let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets, verse 6. Then they, as they had done so, they caught, as, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners to, in the other uh, boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish 
they had taken. Verse 10. So uh, were James and John, the son of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, uh, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up to shore, let everything or left everything and followed him. Let's pray. Father, I'm asking you this morning, God, your hand, your grace be upon this sermon. God, I pray, give us revelation. I have no confidence in this flesh, but God, I have great confidence in your word, your power. God, your spirit, I pray today, reach out. God, touch every heart. God, we would not leave as we came. God, but you would change us, enlarge us. Uh, God, help us to win the world for you. In Jesus' name, God's people would say, amen. Going uh, deep this morning. I'll look first at what I've called the disengaged. The disengaged. Stay with me. Uh, if we go back just one chapter in our text, we see the full picture of our text. Sometimes when you read the Bible, you've got to read the chapter before, sometimes chapters before and even after to get the better picture of what God's saying. That's one of these texts you've got to read a little bit more to understand fully. So chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus opens up his ministry with this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoner and recovering the sight to the blind, to set, at, uh, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So Jesus breaks out his ministry at this. You go down to verse 31. His preaching is in full demonstration. It said, then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee. And on the Sabbath, he taught the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. In the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon uh, and, and an unclean spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Go away. What do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then a demon threw the man down before them all and came out. Not without injuring him. Verse 36. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What words are these? With authority and power, he gives orders to impure spirits to come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding areas. So Jesus comes out this fiery sermon. Uh, now he's in full demonstrating the power of God. They said, Listen, uh, they know he has authority over demons, over sickness. Uh, and it caught their attention, but somewhere in between chapter 4, verse 18, uh, and chapter 4, verse 31, Jesus had called disciples to himself. He had, uh, they're part of his ministry. They're with Jesus as he's preaching, doing these miracles, because verse 38 says this, uh, Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever. They asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. At, sun, at sunset, the people brought to Jesus all that had various kinds of uh, uh, sicknesses, and laying his hand on each of them, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people shouting, You are the Son of God, but he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew who uh, that he was the Messiah. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a sol solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, uh, they tried to keep him 
uh, from leaving them, verse 43. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns also because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogue of Judah. So stay with me. Knowing all of this, our text doesn't make any sense. Knowing all I just read, uh, Jesus comes out fiery at this sermon, begin to demonstrate the power of God, begin to have called disciples to him. They're with him. He goes to Peter's house, prays for the mother-in-law. She gets healed. Uh, I'm reading our text. I said, this doesn't make any sense. Because the Bible says Jesus is preaching by the seashore, and the people are crowding him or pressing him, one text says, uh, or it's dangerous. Jesus is there preaching. Uh, people are trying to get closer. They want to hear him. Uh, and you know, a crowd begins to come in on you. Uh, and Jesus is looking at this. He sees, uh, hey, this is a dangerous situation. He jumps in a boat. Uh, Peter pushes this boat out a little bit because Peter's over there just washing the nets. But, uh, you know, this doesn't make sense because, listen, uh, uh, the, the disciples should be there with Jesus. I mean, as the, the crowd is present, the disciples should be there. Uh, hey, uh, stay back, give him room. Uh, but here's Peter. The Bible says he's disengaged uh, as Jesus is ministering, as he's preaching the gospel. Peter is over there washing some nets. He's disengaged. He's not a part of this, this miracle healing crusade or whatever you want to call it. Uh, He's over on the side doing his own thing. He's disengaged. Uh, Jesus is preaching, healing people, doing miracles. Uh, people are getting saved, delivered. But Peter is not in the picture. The only reason Peter is even in the picture is because Jesus got in his boat and said, push me out a little bit. Uh, if, if it wouldn't have been for that, Peter probably would have just stayed over there. I mean, he's disengaged. He's not in what, uh, what's going on. He's not a part of it. Uh, and as I'm reading that, it doesn't make sense because the chapter before, he's called into ministry, he's a part of it, but here, he's disconnected. Think about this. Peter was there when Jesus preached. Peter's seen people amazed, the Bible said, at his teaching because his words had authority. Uh, Peter's seen miracles, Jesus casting out demons, but now he's disengaged, Jesus is preaching, and Peter's washing nets. That makes sense, does it? If you read the Bible like me, I, I'm trying to connect the dots. Uh, there's no dots here to connect. Uh, you know, if we're not careful, we can become disengaged. We can have a powerful conversion, sit under a Holy Ghost preaching, see many miracles, uh, but like Peter, become disengaged, withdrawing, stop being faithful, stop being involved, or in other words, uh, uh, lose our spiritual appetite and pull back uh, in the presence of God as the preaching is going on, as a demonstration, discipleship, things are happening. Uh, if we're not careful, we can just be disengaged. It can be happening, but we're not there. We're not a part of it. Uh, it's passing us by, uh, and we're doing our own little thing here as everything else is going on. We're disengaged. We're uninvolved. We're pulled back. Uh, so, I'm thinking, you know, God, what can cause us to get like that? What happens to your people that would cause them to be disengaged uh, when there's such a powerful move of God going forth? I wrote down a few things. One is trials and battles. Most of the times, these are trying and difficult times. Maybe God didn't move the way you thought he should have moved. The problem, uh, the problem got worse and not better. I've seen people go through some very difficult things uh, and things didn't work out as they thought. So 
They, they just pull back. They've disengaged. They're not doing what they used to do uh, because of a trial. Maybe they didn't understand that maybe God was using that trial to strengthen them in the faith. James says, verse, or chapter 1, verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. Listen, if your situation doesn't change, that means God's doing something. God hasn't forgot about you. God hasn't just let you down. Uh, but God is perfecting something in you. Uh, if that something hadn't changed too, uh, is complaining. Complaining is the expression of grief, pain, discontent, or dissatisfaction. God's not moving. God's not doing what I want Him to do. So we turn to complain. We're expressing our grief, uh, our, dis, our, our dissatisfaction. We're, we're expressing something, uh, amen, that's complaining against God. You know, complaining rivals faith. Faith says, I believe God. Complaining says, I'm not, or I'm going to put my pain on full display. Uh, Exodus 16, God saved Israel from Egyptian bondage, enriched them on their way out of Egypt, parted the Red Sea for them. Uh, they drank from water from rock. But verse 3 says this, uh, The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in Egypt, there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve this assembly to death. They're complaining. Uh, they forgot how bad sin really was, and they're, 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 they're kind of lifting it way above what it should be, but complaining uh, is really disbelief, uh, uh, and, what, what, and it causes a disengagement. Uh, if you complain enough, you're going to disengage. If you complain enough, instead of doing the will of God being in, in place, uh, you're going to be disengaged. Uh, three, fear. Fear is the antithesis of faith. Is a corrosive in its effect, one man said, uh, even deadly. First Samuel 19, Saul and his soldiers uh, on the battlefield. But when Goliath, this Philistine, challenged them, uh, Saul and all of his men said, uh, the Bible said they were uh, dismayed and afraid. So fear can cause a, a disengagement. You're afraid, uh, I mean, you fear, and uh, Caesar just to, to step back. Instead of challenge it, move forward. Uh, Fight this fight. Uh, fear, I've seen people just back off because of a fearful moment. Bitterness can cause a disengagement. Bitterness is anger and disappointment. Hebrews 11 or 12, 15, less any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble and by it many are have been defiled. See, when we focus on the wrong and the bad that's happened to us in the past, uh, Hebrews said a root of bitterness grows, uh, and before it's all over, it, it makes a disengagement. It infects us. Uh, I've, I've seen people that are so focused on what's happened to them, uh, the bad, the wrong, they become bitter, uh, and that bitterness is corrosive, and, and it, it taints and destroys everything that God would want to do. Fifth, I wrote down envy. Envy is a feeling of discontent or resentful uh, or resentful over other people's blessing and possessions. Genesis 37, Jacob made uh, Joseph a tunic of many colors. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful tunic. Uh, 
uh, you know, puts on his, his youngest son. But the Bible said all the other sons got envious. Uh, this envy led to hatred, lying, deception, separation, guilt, shame, uh, and loss. And, but it caused a uh, disengagement. Uh, we're not going to fulfill what we know we need to fulfill because of, of envy. And that still happens today. I've seen brothers and sisters get so upset because somebody got blessed or somebody got married. Uh, something took place that they didn't get. Uh, and they get so enraged in their spirit, they just back off. They're disengaged. We'll let, uh, and they just back off, and that's not right. The sixth thing is apathy. Apathy is a lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. Apathy is emotionless. Uh, it's numbness. Serving God has become routine. Uh, uh, there's nothing that excites you anymore. It's just all routine. Uh, um, uh, and it's apathy. It's just, and apathy causes a disconnect, amen, a disengagement. You just back off. Uh, Mark 14, uh, 54. But Peter followed at a distance uh, right into the courtroom of the high priest. So Jesus... Uh, uh, you know, all this stuff that's taking place. And Peter just, I'm just going to back off a little bit. Let church do its thing. I'm just going to stand over here and watch it all go by. Disengagement. Distance. Listen, if you stay disengaged too long, it leads to backsliding and sin. I'm just taking a break, Pastor. I'm just going to step back and let the kingdom go by for a while, and I'm just going to watch it. Doesn't work that way. You stay disengaged too long, uh, at least to backsliding and sin. Luke 15, the prodigal son said he became disengaged in the father's house. Verse 13, uh, he leaves the father's house and runs as far away from church, uh, the house of God, as he can. The Bible said there he wasted his possession with prodigal or wild and sinful living. He backslid. Uh, I'm going to disengage for a while, uh, but it doesn't end there. Uh, amen. Backsliding. He's filled with sin. Uh, he's wasted everything that God would have done in his life. Uh, and that's a picture of disengaged. Disengagement is not your friend. Don't believe it's lie. Oh, you're just doing too much. God's expecting uh, more than what he should. Uh, just back off a little bit. Don't be so involved. Look, secondly, at the answer here. Verse 4, Jesus is looking at Peter and realizes something's not right here. Uh, this is his main disciple. He should be there. He should be right beside Jesus. Hey, if you need a break, we can tag team. Uh, I'll preach too. But uh, Peter is not there. Jesus said in verse 4, when Jesus had finished preaching, he said to Simon or Peter, Put out into the deep and let down the nets for a catch. Verse 5, Peter kind of argues with Jesus a bit here. Uh, he says, Jesus, we have worked all night and haven't caught anything. In other words, Jesus, there's no fish out there. Uh, nighttime is when you fish, not in the morning. Jesus, you don't understand this fishing business. Uh, there's no fish out there. I've done everything I can do. Uh, uh, so he's arguing a little bit with Jesus. Let me ask you, have you found yourself arguing with God? When God tells you, go deep, get back out in the deep, uh, uh, begin to pray again. Go back to outreach, ministry, loving people, giving, sacrifice. Uh, and you say, uh, uh, I don't think that's the answer, God. 
When God says go deep, uh, throw your net out, amen, go, uh, I want to make you fruitful, I want to use your life, and, and we can argue, can't we? God, I don't believe that, we're not going to say it out loud, but we're going to say it inside. Or we may just, uh, uh, you know, when it's preached, just ignore it, but Jesus has an answer for Peter here. And the answer is not a disconnect, uh, disengage, but the answer is, listen, uh, Peter, uh, get back out there. Get dive deep into things of God. That is the answer. You know, Peter has, washing, uh, Peter has used washing those nets for an excuse long enough. You know, the truth is there's a time to clean nets, but nets are made for catching fish. Jesus says to Peter, if you will get back out there, fish are waiting to be caught. Peter, if you just get back to doing what you're supposed to be doing, uh, not wasting all your time uh, cleaning every little piece of that net, uh, but get back out there, throw that net, uh, fish are waiting, verse 6, and when they had done so, they caught a, such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Uh, surprise, uh, I'm sure Peter blown away here. Uh, wow, we simply went deep, did what did, and look! How many people have I had come to me in the past uh, that have been just disengaged. And finally, they get back in it again. They get back in ministry, get back in serving, loving people, doing the will of God. And everything changes. They're saying, Pastor, wow. All that I was missing, what God's doing now, that is the answer. See, if you want fruit, you're going to have to go deep where the fish are. 1 John 21. I like 1 John 21 because they're Casting their net, but they're not catching any fish. How many has been there? But verse 6, what I like about it, Jesus said to them, cast a net on the right side of the boat, uh, and you will find some. They cast, uh, so they cast, and now they were unable to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Meaning this, uh, when you're already involved, it's easy for Jesus to speak to you. Uh, Jesus said, try the right side. They're already out there. They're already casting the net. Uh, try an outreach over here. Try to uh, love your wife. Try to pray. Uh, or you're already in. So, wow, that worked. Not only did it work, but the Bible said they got more than they ever thought. Uh, on the right side where all the fish were. How many have been like that? You're in the mix. Uh, and God just speaks to your pastor, say something to you, uh, or a brother, and, and it's from God. And, and you do it, and all of a sudden, man, life comes. To, there's life now. As believers, as disciples, Jesus hadn't called us to be on the sideline. You know, sideline's okay when your kid's playing football or something. You go, yeah, go, go. You know, you're, you got to root them on. But in church, it's not good. You can't just watch everything go by. Uh, uh, that's good. I'm glad they're happy. No, you gotta, God hadn't called us to be a sideline Christian. The world will be won through involved people and involved church. Luke 14, 23, go to the highways, the hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. Uh, Jesus is concerned about his house being full. Matthew 28, go, therefore make disciples of all nations. So, uh, listen, if we are going to do the will of God, we have to be engaged. We have to be a people that are in the throes of what God's doing. We're, we're actively pursuing, uh, and God is moving in that arena. See, when we are engaged, doing what God has called us to do, we will be fruitful. The Bible said they caught such a large number of fish that their nets begin to break. I gave this testimony one other time, but it works well here. I witnessed 
uh, we were in Kansas City, Missouri, pioneering that church. And we just kept doing what we knew to do. We're witnessing, going out, doing everything that I knew to do. And what one lady witnessed to her, changed the whole church. She came in and suddenly brought, uh, I mean, the nets were breaking. Uh, within probably a couple months, I had so many men in there. We're having fellowships of 80 people uh, in the park in different places. Uh, I had couples, I had 30 people on outreach within a month. I mean, the nets were breaking uh, simply because I was in uh, the throw of what God was doing. And, I, and God just, hey, witness to that one. Uh, and that changed the whole dynamic. But that's what it says here as we're involved in what God is doing. Uh, God can use one little witness or one little circumstance to fill your nets to the full, to the breaking. Uh, uh, so we have to be engaged. That's the answer this morning. The answer is not disengaged. I just need a break, Pastor. I'm just stressed. I'm just, you know, you know, we can come up with all kinds of stuff, don't we? When we went out or something, man, we can make it look so good, color it up nice, paint a pretty picture, but if we're just disengaging, that's not where the blessing is. Let me go deep again and cast the nets and see what God will do. Peter goes out in a deep again. He dives deep. Throws out them nets, uh, and to his surprise, everybody's surprised, man, all kinds of fish. They had to call over their partners, uh, hey man, this is what you love when pioneers get out there, they're helping each other. Uh, Rome, uh, Pastor Kovals will be helping uh, the peoples as they get out there, and, and man, hey, we got to come over here, man, we got so much fish. Uh, and God just begins to fill these churches up, and that's, that's the picture here. Look lastly at the Revelation. When we are engaged, involved, we see our need for Jesus. Now, I want you to think about that. When we're engaged, involved, we see our need for Jesus. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' feet and said, Go away from me, for I am a sinful man. We also see who we are. We see our need for God. When we're engaged, uh, the more I pray, the more I'm involved in what God's doing, the more I see me. Larry, you're in trouble. You need Jesus. Uh, and I keep falling at His knees. And, 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 and when we're engaged, that's there, right? It's interesting. Those that are not engaged never see their need. You can point it out to them. That's not me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got this issue. No, that ain't me. And they'll fight you over it. Put the gloves on, Pastor. Let's, let's, let's spar a little bit. They'll fight you on it, right? Hey, that's you. Yeah, that's your issue. Uh, you need to repent. You need to, you need to you know, get that right. And they will fight you to the end because they can't see it. But when you're engaged, uh, amen, you're falling at Jesus' feet and things are revealed to you. You see your need for Him, uh, but also you see your own flesh. You know, when you're not engaged, you think, I'm okay. You hear the thing, God knows my heart. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm talking to you. <laughs> you know, God knows my heart. How many? That's just so an easy way out, isn't it? That's just so you don't have to repent. You don't have to get it right. Well, God knows my heart. Now, that may be you, but God knows me. I've used it before. Didn't work. You know, from involvement comes calling. It says, from now on, you will... Ca- you will fish for people. 
From involvement comes surrender. So they pulled their, their nets up to the shore and left everything and followed him. Involvement is the key. When you disengage, uh, when you pull back, listen, uh, God can't get through to you right. But when you're involved and you're in the throes of what God's doing, listen, uh, the revelation just keeps coming. Our text, Peter's life and calling, uh, all uh, came together after this encounter. Luke 9, Peter uh, is one of the twelve that Jesus sends out. Later in that same chapter, Peter is involved in feeding the 5,000. Uh, Luke 22, Peter is one of the twelve that sits at the Lord's Supper. Luke 24, Jesus appears to Peter after his resurrection. Uh, so that at this moment, uh, this is a critical moment for Peter's life. He had to get back in. Uh, had to go deep in what God was doing. Everything depended on that. His future, his calling, his ministry, his fruitfulness, uh, everything depended on Peter going deep again, getting back in the will of God. Uh, and the book of Acts, you read, Peter's leading uh, the charge. Amen. Uh, he stands up after Pentecost. They're all, they all just got filled. He stands up and preaches, and people get saved. Uh, building Church buildings begin to be filled up, and Ministry begins to excel because Peter got involved. Point. God moves through involved people. I personally haven't seen God move through anybody that's not involved. That's me personally. I haven't seen it. When somebody says, I have a word for you, I look to see the background behind that. If they're just somebody's mad, angry, bitter, uninvolved, uh, don't be speaking in words on me. But if they're involved, if I know they're in the things what God's doing, hey, what do you got to say? Let me ask you, are you engaged? Are you involved? Have you cast your net out? Are you being fruitful? Or do you need to get involved again? I'm just asking an honest question. Are you engaged? And you know if you are or not. Are you involved in what God is doing or do you need to repent and get involved? Peter falls at Jesus' knees and he gets a revelation. I opened up with this sermon talking about divers. Uh, uh, you know, saying the risk is worth the rewards. So I'm reading about some of the things they found. I mentioned some earlier, but uh, I mean, one diver finds a whole container full of motorcycles. Now these were old motorcycles. These are vintage motorcycles. Uh, I'm not sure all the condition, but I'm reading through it, but it seemed to be a treasure that, I mean, uh, they were, some were still good on the fall, were still good, but he made a fortune off these things because he was willing to dive deep. Uh, he heard, listen, there's treasure. I'm going to dive deep to see. Uh, and he finds a whole container full of these vintage motorcycles. Other uh, man uh, dives deep. He finds a whole treasure of gold coins. Finds this whole box uh, worth a fortune. Uh, you know, it's got a picture of him just throwing the coins in the air underwater, you know, and they're kind of floating down in his hand. Uh, but this smile on his face uh, because he said, the dive is worth the risk. I'm going to go dive deep. Uh, there's, others, uh, there's other people that found a Roman city. And it showed a picture of the city. All that was still intact. Uh, all that was there told this story. But these divers, mine find the city. Others found artifacts, different things, but the question is, are you willing to dive deep this morning? 
Are you willing to dive deep in the things of God? Are you willing to cast your net out in the deep? You know, if you stay shallow, it's okay for a while. How many just went swimming? You know, you can wait around, you wiggle your toes in the water and splash around. That's okay. You know, for a minute. All right. We want to see you dive. You know, there's nothing like going to the deep end and diving in. Doing a little flip or something like that. Then That's if you can swim, okay. But, I mean, to stay just in the shallow, you know, splash around the water a little bit, you know, that's amusing for about a minute. Right? I think that's the same in the kingdom. God says, I want you to go deep. Here's Peter had a powerful conversion, a powerful beginning. He's with Jesus and all these preaching these miracles, but now, Peter, you need to go deep yourself. Wives, you can't rely on your husband. Husbands, you can't rely on your wives. This is personal. You have to dive deep yourself. In our text, Jesus tells Peter, go into the deep water. Uh, there's where the catch is. If you want to see God move in your life, you want to see God uh, restore you uh, and revive some things, go deep. Listen, that's where the answer is this morning. Can you say, man? Let's bow our heads this morning. Every bit, head bowed, every eye closed.